Welcome to episode 89 of the Ask Chief Show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today we'll be talking about what to do if you can't afford a gym membership, AMRAPs and EMOMs, and how to approach other trainers teaching incorrect technique. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Hey. Episode 89. This time, Lauren has Kendrick in the boba wrap. Yes, he is <laughs> right now, sound asleep, so we'll see if he lasts. He had a rough night last night. Woke up every hour. Yeah, otherwise, I mean, otherwise he's been like every two to three hours, which is just expected, right? Yeah. Um, but yesterday, like, yeah, every time he got out of bed, I kept waking up. I was like, oh, that, that really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot, but I was like, hey, sorry, I can't help. <laughs> it's still, yeah, I mean, there's really... It's just what to expect at this point, so yeah, it's fine. It's all good, and I was running high because the Red Sox had just won the World Series. That's true, that's and true. So, I mean, I don't know how many of you know out there, but I am a Red Sox fan, and Jason is a Yankees fan, yep. so very big disputes in our, in our household. Very non-compatible. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one thing that we have going against our relationship, um, and actually, it was really cool because my family, uh, we were with my parents yesterday, and my parents were like, my brother lives in L.A., and my parents were like, what do you think about us all going in and getting him a ticket to the World Series? Yeah. And we did, and he was just like, oh my god, he was just beside himself, and he went to the World Series by himself, and had like the time of his life, and got to see the Red Sox win I the mean, World Series. I mean, that must have been amazing, especially just to wake up on a Sunday morning, and to be like, have no idea that yeah. anything like that's going to happen, and to all of a sudden be at the game is insane. It was it yeah. was so cool. It was like I was like, oh my god, I want to. I'm so excited to be a part of like helping him have this experience because yeah. it was really cool. It was super cool, and I'm really glad that they they won on the night that he was there. It's yeah, pretty, pretty epic. He's so like, you guys don't have to get me any other gifts for the next ten years. And, and then he, he took it back. He quickly rescinded <laughs> that. <laughs> but it was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, all right, so let's get into the questions. So yeah. the first one is from. Carla.h11, and she said, I'm going to be starting dental school and won't be able to afford a gym membership and won't have as much time to work out. I don't want to lose all the strength and muscle gains I've made at the gym. Oops, I'm getting a phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can I still maintain muscle and strength working out at home with no weights? What kind of workouts would you recommend? So this is a really good question, and it's a a tougher logistical question, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because now it's like, dental school and we've had a lot of people that went to uh like went to pursue a master's degree or like had like very extended like work travel schedules where it just became really difficult to actually make it into the gym on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. and so a lot of what we had to do was talk about how to you know manage their workout schedules and also just kind of manage expectations as well right yeah i mean i think one of the big things about this is that if you've been in the gym lifting weights if you're gonna go, because she said no equipment, um, if you're gonna go to full just body weight workouts, there's you can absolutely do that and you can still like maintain a great level of health by doing body weight workouts, mm-hmm. but it's going to be very different. You're not gonna you're just not gonna be able to maintain the same kind of strength as you could with lifting weights, except for like body weight strength. It's just like a different type of strength. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. And I, I think at the very least, if you could pro- if you could invest in some resistance bands or a trx a trx is kind of expensive maybe a jungle gym um yeah. they're they're basically just suspension straps that you can do rows and all sorts of like core exercises on um and a couple kettlebells like a a 12 kg 16 kg kettlebell would just do a lot of good in terms of being able to do a variety of exercises without having to spend a lot of money on all these different 
assortment of dumbbells and barbells and stuff like that. Yeah, the tough thing about doing purely bodyweight exercises is that if you haven't already gotten to a point where you can really um, like effortlessly do things like 20 push-ups in a row or um, like pistol squats or mm-hmm. some of those more like calisthenic type or pull-ups, those kind of bodyweight exercises that are more advanced, you can build off of those things fairly easily. But if you're not at that point quite yet, it's actually really hard to continue to get um, stronger with bodyweight exercises. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or at least to like to have the same sort of effect as you can have from going up five pounds every week in a bench press or something like that. Right. Yeah. And I, I think this, the, the big thing is to just have levels of progression within your workout somehow. Because I think that's the difficult part with bodyweight exercises because you know, naturally, if you add a little bit of weight to something, it becomes naturally harder, right? right. Um, but for bodyweight exercises, you're going to have to increase the amount of reps or increase the tempo in order to continuously make it more and more challenging for yourself. Um, and so that could be that could be doing push-ups at a slower tempo. That could be doing more push-ups or more assisted pull-ups or pull-ups if you have a pull-up bar um, with each and every workout. Um, it just gets difficult after a certain while because you just kind of hit a ceiling with the amount of reps you can do. Um, we had a member that joined um, you know, a few years ago, but his thing was that he had downloaded this bodyweight app and he got a lot of great results, but it got to a point where in order to make better progress, he was doing hundreds and hundreds of push-ups, hundreds and hundreds of squats a day and it just became um, unsustainable. Yeah, it would take forever to get through the workout mm-hmm. and it just, and also he said it got really boring too. Yeah. It's like the same stuff. So yeah, I mean, investing in a couple of bands and, and a suspension trainer would be definitely our biggest re- recommendation mm-hmm. to have at home. A pull-up bar and a couple kettlebells yeah. um, would be ideal. But other than that, you know, you can just use the same principles that we've always talked about for strength and it's just what I just talked about. So always trying to uh, conservatively increase sets and reps, um, increase the tempo of each exercise, um, increasing density. So if you do a certain workout and it takes you about 30 minutes, try to squeeze it in in about 28 to 26 minutes. And that means that you've progressed in terms of overall density, the amount of work done per unit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's different ways that you can progress. And also could be a good, to, uh, a good time to explore um, running or biking or hiking or other outdoorsy activities that you can improve to uh, that you can use to improve your cardiovascular endurance um, and then once you get back from dental school and are able to um, get back on a gym membership and stuff like that you'll be much better um, set because you have such a strong aerobic base so it could just be just a shift in priorities but also understanding that there's nothing quite like just heavy load and barbells um, and heavier kettlebells and just an array of exercise equipment that give you a lot of um, uh, just options, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's good. It, yeah, she just basically said, "Can I maintain muscle and strength working out at home with no weights?" So, we, the answer is you can you can continue to work out without weights. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just be it's just going to be a little bit different. It'll be different. But it's still great yeah like there's nothing wrong with doing bodyweight workouts and just like continuing like jason was saying just as long as whatever you start with you continue to 
increase and make more difficult. He talked about tempo, like speeding things up. You can also slow things down, which makes things harder too sometimes. Mm -hmm. So doing a push-up with a five-second lower down and then a push-up as opposed to just a regular tempo push-up is going to make it more challenging. Yeah. Um, so eccentrics and isometric holds, like holding the bottom of a squat for 10 seconds. Yeah. Different things like that are just going to, they're going to be, it's going to be a different stimulus on your body. It's not the same as adding load, um, but you're still going to actually see some progress and you're still going to see good results. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's something that I'm also considering, um, currently right now, I was able to actually get in a workout this morning after, um, my training sessions, cause Lauren was able to, um, handle Kendrick, um, throughout the whole morning and all throughout the night. So <laughs> which I appreciate. Um, but I'm thinking more and more about how can I utilize time at home to just get in a quick 20 to 30 minute workout instead of driving to the gym, driving back from the gym, having an hour, hour and a half workout and make it be this whole long ordeal and process. Um, so, you know, those are certain variables that we're considering as well. Like how can we uh, make home workouts to be a little bit more effective because it's going to be time efficient. And this is just a, just a different priority currently, just like dental school is a different priority for you right now. It's going to be a short term thing and then you'll be able to get back onto uh, more of a uh, generalized uh, gym membership um, after that point. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Next question is from Abby, the PT. And she said, um, what are your recommendations on recommendations. <laughs> recommendations? What are your recommendations on including strength and cardio conditioning, i.e., AMRAPs and EMOMs, in one program? AMRAPs are as many reps as possible, and EMOMs is every minute on the minute, just in case you're wondering what those mean. Do you think it's effective to do both a weightlifting session, then a sweaty conditioning finisher, or separating them into separate training days? Also, where do lifts like snatches and cleans come into play in terms of con compound moves? I've always trained the classics like squats, deadlifts, bench, and row, and only recently started working on snatches and cleans and unsure how to program these into my training. Would love to get your take on this. Thanks, heaps. Thanks, heaps. Uh, that's a great question. That's a, that's a really good question, just yeah. a logistical question. Actually, there's a series of questions there. Yeah. Um, I guess we can just talk about the general flow of our workouts at Achieve are we first start off with a warm-up. Well, we first start off with foam rolling, and then we start off with some sort of warm-up slash movement prep preparation. So the warm-up isn't just like jumping on a treadmill or jumping on elliptical for like five minutes and actually warming the body up, but instead doing moves that are going to help the movements that they're going to do that day. So they might be doing some Spider-Man lunging, hip flexor stretching, glute bridging, things like that that are going to actually enhance their ability to move, which should enhance their ability to express force and strength later on in the workout. So foam rolling, movement prep, and then we go into power development. And a lot of times, initially, for beginners and intermediate lifters, we'll do things like medicine ball chest throws or side rotation throws or box jumps and stuff like that. Uh, later on, once they establish a good base of strength and they want to, we might add in Olympic lifts there. So that's where we might do our cleans, our snatches, our push presses, and stuff like that. And we just do it as a standalone exercise. It's not part of a circuit. We think it requires so much mindfulness and attention to detail that we just want it as its own separate block of power development there. After that power development block, and then we go into strength. And it's usually anywhere from uh, six to eight different moves, I would say, yeah. um, consisting of supersets or tri-sets, where we try to have, let's say, a back squat mixed in with a core exercise or a mobility exercise to improve the back squat, um, things like that. After the strength portion, that's when we go into the conditioning aspect. So it kind of answers both questions there, where we go power before strength, and then we go conditioning after strength. And that way we can um, 
and just meet people where they're at in terms of their overall energy uh, throughout the workout process. Yeah, so we want to do power first, especially once you get into some of those more technical lifts like cleans and snatches. We don't want to leave those till the end. A lot of people, I think CrossFit has made those more of like a conditioning exercise. True, yeah. Um, but for us, we think that it's more of a technical exercise that really takes precision. It takes a lot of mindfulness and a lot of thought. Mm -hmm. And if you just start throwing the barbell around and working for speed rather than working for form and for strength, um, we, we think that it breaks down a lot and it becomes much more challenging. So we like to put them at the beginning where you're a little bit fresher mm -hmm. and you have that mental capacity to really focus on the exercise. And then with our conditioning at the end, it's things that you don't have to worry about form so much with. Right. So something like um, the rower or an airdyne bike or pushing a sled or um, mountain doing climbers. mountain climbers or high knees or running, whatever. Yeah. Just things that aren't going to be so technical and require so much thought. Um, so that you can just go hard and just sweat and just feel good at mm -hmm. the end. Yeah, so I guess we go from the things that need the most amount of mindfulness first and then we kind of trickle down into least mindfulness in order to get a more cardiovascular effect without the risk of, or minimizing the risk for injury. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other part was like, if we should, if we include, so we answered that we, we do typically include like a conditioning um, set into the same program as the strength set. Yeah, sometimes, um, I would say the major, majority of the time we do, um, yeah. if they're in a very specific strength block and we know that it's going to lead to a max out, sometimes we'll neglect the finisher because we want all their, just their resources devoted towards building strength. Yeah. Um, but for the majority of other people, we actually like to have some sort of cardio aspect at the end. Yeah, and the other the other flip side of that is if they're, like we have a triathlon team mm. um, during the summer, and if we have somebody who's still, we encourage them to continue to strength train, but we're not gonna put a finisher in the end of their strength True. program because yeah. they're doing all of this other conditioning outside of the gym where they're biking and swimming and running. So it just depends on what you're currently doing. Um, and also like how many days a week you're working out. Like if you would rather split them up and you have six days a week to work out, you mm -hmm. could do just strength on one day and this, the next day do just like a longer um, every minute on the minute type conditioning workout that only takes, that takes like a half hour. Yeah. Whereas our finishers, we typically keep to like 10, five to 10, to maybe 15 minutes max. Yeah, max. Um, because they've gone through so many other things in that workout. But if you wanted to pull that out, extract it into its own workout, you can make it a little bit longer, make it like 30 to 40 minutes. Um, if it's something that you just really enjoy or something that you want to focus on, you can definitely do that. Um, we just wouldn't do it in place of where you might put a strength workout. Mm -hmm. So we would just prioritize at least three strength workouts first. And then if you have extra time and you want to do extra full day like workouts, you can do some of those more like... Um, conditioning type, like Metcon style workouts on their own. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think people, uh, I think people uh, underestimate the, the fact that a lot of these strength moves take a lot of skill and a lot of effort and a lot of mindfulness. I think um, people see working out as kind of more of like a place to zone out and be mm. less mindful. Um, but it takes the same amount of mindfulness that let's say learning golf would, or I mean, you do kind of like calligraphy, right? Like yeah. th that takes a lot of mindfulness. Like these are all things that require skill and same thing with a snatch or a clean or a squat, those require skill as well. Um, so we like to just take a lot of time with our members to make sure that they really get that ingrained first. So if you're 
learning snatches and cleans, put them before the strength portion. Give yourself 10 to 15 minutes of time to really just zone in and focus on that. Um, you don't need to go and do EMOMs and AMRAPs just yet, um, or if ever really, because it just takes so much mindfulness. Um, however, on the flip side, when we do start to include EMOMs and uh, uh, I guess just EMOMs for Olympic lifts is when after the lifter has established a base level of technical proficiency with the lifts and then they start thinking too much mm. and they start thinking so much that they get in their head and each rep starts to look really different and like just um, not very consistent. At that point, that's when we'll start to factor in some EMOMs or EOMOMs every other minute on the minute where they're performing the reps and they're really just focusing on the timer it tells them to go and then they go and lift and then they rest until the top of the minute or every other minute. And it just makes it so that they go at a quicker, quick enough tempo where they don't start to overanalyze in between lifts. Because the, the last thing that we want people to do is to do the lift and then go and check Instagram and check out the technique of another lifter yeah. and then go and switch up their technique. And it just becomes too much. So that's, that's really the only time where we'd really just want just total undivided attention. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Hopefully that helps. Um, all right. The last one is from, um, we got this as a Facebook message from, he said, um, one of the trainers at my gym teaches kettlebell swings incorrectly, like a squat rather than a hip hinge. And I think it is unsafe. Some of the people I train have learned to do kettlebell swings from this trainer. He's a manager at another branch of the gym and has years of experience, whereas I'm relatively new. How do I teach the technique correctly without spreading negative vibes and butting heads with the other trainer? Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, to... What? Go ahead. I'm going to bleep out his name. Okay, I was just yeah. going to say, I'm going <laughs> to go back and not say his name. Um, okay, so we're on the same page yeah, there. Cool. We will bleep out your name. Um, perfect. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, this is, this, is, this is kind of a tougher situation, and we, we didn't talk about this at all before the podcast, but I think this is one of those situations where if they're not going to be open to a conversation, then I wouldn't worry too much about it. You know? Yeah, it's, like, it's really tough. It's just like, um, it would be, I think, unnecessary time and energy spent to try to educate someone else when they're doing doing something. And, and you know, he, he might be doing it for a specific purpose. Who knows? Whatever mm -hmm. it might be. But more than likely, um, he wouldn't be in a place to hear it, especially from someone who is, you know, quote unquote, newer and uh, less experienced than uh, that person is. So, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really worry too much about it. I think um, part of this question is he's asking like he wants to teach the technique correctly mm -hmm. and he's worried that by him teaching it correctly he's going to be going against what this other trainer I is see. showing people. So he's not even asking like can I how do I approach this trainer? Oh, okay. He's actually like if I teach it the way I know is correct is that going to um, which is like a really thoughtful question, right? Yeah, like totally. he's like is that going to undermine basically this other coach? Yeah, actually, that's um, a and good in point. that case I, I think you have to just do what you what you believe is right. And I don't think what you can say to other people and what Jason kind of alluded to is if they ask like, oh, well, this other trainer, um, he taught me this way. You can just say like, oh, okay, um, that he might have been teaching you for a different reason. Like Jason yeah. was saying, like maybe he was actually trying to strengthen your quads or something. Like <laughs> You can make something up and just say like, the reason that I'm teaching it to you this way is because 
Um, I want you to get a little bit stronger in your posterior chain. I want you to strengthen your hamstrings and your glutes. So we're gonna make it more of a hinge so that we can accomplish that. So that's the purpose of this type of swing. Um, you can say something like that so that you're not saying he did it wrong. You're just saying we're going at this from a different direction. Yeah, you can just say like you're performing more of a hip dominant swing where he's performing more of a knee slash quad dominant swing. And you can say that we that you really like the use of kettlebells um, as a tool for hip dominant exercises because it really fits basically just nicely in between your legs where you can swing it really far back. Um, if you're going to do any sort of knee slash quad dominant power exercises, you like to utilize exercises like jumping, squat jumps, box jumps, things like that where you know that's gonna also feel a little bit more natural. So I think the key thing is not saying that the other person is wrong, you just are using it for a different purpose. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, maybe over time he might actually, or or they might actually come around um, once they see the results. Right. That's the thing is that that you might be surprised that the trainer that you're worried about he may just not know, or he or she, I think he said he, um, may just not know how to teach the swing properly and might actually see you and be like, oh hey, like it seems like you actually have a lot of knowledge on this topic. Like, can we? Can you teach me? Mm -hmm. um, if if he's somebody who's willing to learn, like that may that may happen, or he may get on the other flip side, which we've seen both of these things happen. He may get super defensive and like not and you know be a little passive aggressive. Like yeah. you just never know what's going to happen. But as long as you maintain this level of respect for this trainer when you're talking to other clients, I think that's absolutely the best way to go about it. But but don't change the way that you're coaching. Um, because you're trying to be respectful of him. Mm -hmm. Because that, then you feel like you would be doing a disservice to your clients by not giving them what you know is the best. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. And the, I think the big thing to always go back to is saying that it, you're just using more of a hip dominant approach and he's using more of a knee dominant approach. And there's really no arguing with that. There's, there's nothing that he can say or anyone else can say that can really refute that statement. Right. And, you guys both know why you're doing it, or I guess you're, you know why you're doing it in the first place. And so, yeah, I think just focus on you, be as positive as you can, and if you don't put them down, I think uh, that's probably the best approach to go. Yeah, and I just love that he, he asked this question. Yeah, totally. It just shows so much respect and just like wanting to not just keep the peace, but but just wanting for everybody to have like an equal opportunity to to be the best coach that they can and to not like pull clients away from another trainer you yeah, know like yeah. it just it, it's really nice that you're that you're thinking about this so Absolutely. i think that's a great question cool cool great all right well i believe those are all of the answers that we have to your burning questions for today thank you so much for submitting them and if you have any more questions for us send them to us at achieve fitness boston on instagram you can send us a dm or you can facebook message us at achieve fitness boston on facebook and if you love the podcast and you wouldn't mind sharing that with the world we'd love a review on itunes and until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.